What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast. If you're ready to unleash your marketing potential and crush your small business goals, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Miranda Rodriguez. Over the past four and a half years, I've helped hundreds of small business owners achieve big dreams with small strategic marketing steps. When I say big dreams, I'm talking quitting that part-time job, five times in your income, or opening your first brick and mortar. On this podcast, I'll teach you how to market your business with laugh out loud personal stories, real life client examples and the occasional f-bomb because let's be honest marketing your small business is so much more than just a marketing problem grab your earbuds and let me show you how marketing your business can be simple doable and fun You're listening to episode 144 of the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast. And this week, I'm sharing my interview with the small business sisters themselves, Jenny Zelke of Illuminate Space and Christina Hobbs of Beautiful Chaos. They are two real-life sisters who started their own separate businesses and have now come together to share all things business growth and personal growth. They talk all things running an online shop and -and brick-and-mortar boutiques, and every week they share practical small business tips that they have learned along the way and share their individual perspectives on womanhood, motherhood, and small business on their Small Business Sisters podcast. You can follow along at underscore small business sisters on Instagram or smallbusinesssisters.podbean.com or anywhere else you subscribe to podcasts to listen to the podcast. I'm super excited to share this interview with you because I have worked with Jenny for a very long time. Jenny and I kind of grew up in our businesses together. I think she was a technical client of mine for like three years, almost three and a half years, and we both live in the same town. Um, so we kind of grew up in the same entrepreneurial space here. And then I've known her her sister, Christina, through Jenny. Um, and Christina lives in Texas, and she has started several businesses there. And so she's very active in the online entrepreneurial world. And so we've kind of been like Instagram friends for a while. Um, we still have never met in person, but now I've been on their podcast and they've been on my podcast. And I I feel like I've known her for so long um, just because we communicate often. And then I've worked with both of them in a, you know, client marketing coach relationship role. So I know their businesses pretty well. And so on this podcast, we're able to get real personal and they open up about, we, we talk through struggles of marketing our businesses. We talk through like how it feels scary sometimes to invest in your business or to work with someone so closely in your business and someone you have to like share your numbers with and how um, vulnerable that can be. We also talk, we get really open and honest about our personal growth and how that plays a role in like an how our acceptance of ourselves and our bodies plays a role in our marketing as well. Um, And you know, on this show, we talk all the time about how marketing is so much more than marketing your business. And I feel like this episode is just a perfect example of that. So without further ado, I will share this interview with you. Thank you so much for listening. Yay. Welcome to the Marketing for the uninhibited podcast. I'm here today with Jenny and Christina. Some of them, some of you may know them as the small business sisters. They have a podcast of their own and it's been so fun to see how that's grown. Um, How long have you had that now? I mean, I was going to say the past year. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Not even. It was like July. Yeah. Our first episode I think was July. Yeah. So we talked about it for a long time, (laughs) long time. Welcome to the podcast, Jenny and Christina. Thanks. Thanks for having us. So we'll start by having you introduce yourself. I'm sure a lot of people listening will already be familiar with both of you, but I think um, whoever wants to go first. I will because I'm the oldest sister. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the first sister. So I'm Jenny and Christine and I are real life sisters. Uh, we both have our individual small businesses that we started probably like five, six years ago. I own Illuminate Space, which started out as handmade decor and has grown into mostly um, hand-poured soy candles. And then about two years ago, I started a partnership here locally in Illinois um, to open a storefront with my friend Susie from Real Happy Space. So that's called Light and Pine Collective, and it's inside Um, a house we call Wilson Street Mercantile with four other shops. And then Christine and I started Small Business Sisters podcast this summer to kind of just share our 
um, real-time journey in growing our small business and life. Yes. And I'm Christina and I started Beautiful Chaos Shop like six-ish years ago. I think I might be going on seven. Um, and I I feel like my teas represent a lot of who I am. It's just looking put together with very little effort. <laughs> so I started making pocket teas and that just kind of, um, turned into what it is today. And I, co- oh, I co-own a brick and mortar in my town with another, uh, maker. And there we sell our own items as well as other makers items and host, uh, creative workshops for people. And then Jenny and I have small business sisters from beautiful chaos. Some other, um, businesses have branched off of that, that just are my t-shirts as a part of the company. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I think this is a perfect segue because you just listed so many things and, and you didn't even list your social media business. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't even list everything. So I think those are branches off of beautiful chaos. (laughs) You have, both of you have so, so much going on. And I think this is a good place to start is like, how do you, how do you manage it all? How do you, like what gets sacrificed on a daily or weekly basis? Because you're both also moms, you're both very involved. Your kids are different stages of life, but all very active. Um, So how do you, how do you do it? Well, I think there's a facade that everything's getting done and it's not. I think that there's also seasons. I think Jenny would probably speak to that too. Um, For instance, we're about to go into a season where my kids will be home full time again. And it's definitely going to come back. um, That guilt creeps in of not giving your kids uh, the attention that they need or the opportunities that they need. I know in summer, I struggle a lot with my kids, you know, it's 110 degrees in Texas. So playing outside isn't really an option unless there's a pool. Um, and so I struggle with like, okay, they're going to be on screens all the time because they can't play, just play outside. Um, while I work, we have a pool now, so that will be a little bit better, but I still have to monitor them. So it's going to be a lot of figuring out when that can happen and, um, all of that, I think summer season, the guilt creeps back in, like when they were little, of setting aside time to, to get things done. Um, a practical thing I'm thinking about right now is a few weeks ago, I had a huge boutique crawl in my town, which is a huge day for my brick and mortar. And so to prep making things for that, um, takes a lot of time. And that week, it was the first time I've set expectations ahead of time for myself. Instead of feeling guilty at the end of it, I went into the two weeks prior and told my husband, laundry is going to be behind dishes are going to be behind. There's going to be a lot of eating out. Um, you know, I'm not going to be at their practices. I'm not going to be at their games, um, for those two weeks. And, instead of getting to the end where everybody's dissatisfied with what the two weeks have looked like setting that expectation of like, Hey, this is going to be a reality for the next two weeks where my business is going to come first in those areas in order to get things done. But it's still, there's still guilt there, but it did feel better going into those two weeks. And it set Tyler up to be like, okay, so I need to step up and help in these areas. If I want the house to be semi put together and the kids semi put together. Um, but it's, it's, I'm seven years in and I'm just figuring out, Hey, set this expectation ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Similarly, similarly to that. Um, I think mine, I, when I came to the realization or I guess acceptance of that, it's never going to feel like it's all working. Like I'm never, ever like, oh my God, everything is wonderful and everything's working together. Um, that was game changer for me because it helped me to just take one day at a time, like the next right step for whatever business I was working on um, that that helped me. And then just to set up daily daily, weekly, monthly rhythms and rituals that I knew set me up for success. So like I have things that I do regularly that help keep everything in line. Um, so that kind of helps for everything to move a little bit better, or at least work together. And then mm-hmm. what I learned from you, Miranda, and worked so long on was batching content and like re repurposing content. So I'm not always creating new things. And really a lot of what, like if I create something 
that's going to my Illuminate Space audience, it can really be used for all those audiences, maybe just tweaked uh, a little bit. So like that helps me, though it feels like there's a lot happening, it helps everything to work together a little Mm -hmm. bit better. And then I do, I do attest to like the seasons Christina was talking about and ages of kids because my Mm -hmm. kids are all a lot older. um, And and that sorry to interrupt, but like our, that all the businesses we're naming, I don't think if we were in a stage of life that our kids needed us more than they do now, like I say need us more. I mean, watch them to make sure they're not drinking Fabuloso or a Glade plug-in. Like <laughs> mine, have done those, that. <laughs> mine have done that too. That's why I use those two examples. Cause I knew those, <laughs> our toddlers did that. Um, I don't think, I mean, I, we weren't at the time when Jenny talks about this a lot of like your business growing with you. And so I know I wouldn't be, I would not say yes to all of the things I have if my, if my kids were home full-time as toddlers, you know? Right. Yeah. I think the setting expectations is a big one. And it's like, Jenny, it's almost like you were talking about setting expectations with yourself, like in its setting, you know, for your routines and your morning routines. And then Christina is like, vocalizing those expectations within the family too and saying like, okay, here's what you can expect from me this week. And in my friend group, what we talk about a lot is how they're like in life, you're always juggling a bunch of different balls, but then there are plastic balls and there are glass balls. And so there was a time recently where we have still a lot of home construction going on and then we're both working and we forgot that it was spirit week And Rebel had like, she got to school and she was the only one not in pajamas. I hate Sparrowy. Those (laughs) extra days, man. I stressful. And so, and the teacher like opened the door and was like, happy pajama day. (laughs) Rebel just immediately melted down and uh, there was nothing we could do, you know? And so I was upset and she was just coming off of a really hard week. She was, well, anyway, she was involved in an accident, but, um, so it was a really difficult time. And I was like, God, all we had to do was put pajamas on her. And like, we couldn't even, do we didn't that. even have to show effort this morning <laughs> after oh, and my friend just kept reminding me. She just kept saying it's a plastic ball spirit week mm-hmm. pajama day. It's I a- love that. I'm going to say that now for things because yes. the, the, the point is, like the plastic balls will bounce and they'll recover. And <laughs> But the glass balls, they'll shatter. And so that is what you don't want to drop. Like your your relationship with your significant other, like you want that to be a priority or or your kids too, you know, like spending quality time with them. These are things that you don't want to sacrifice, but like pajama day, all right, we can sacrifice pajama day, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and mm-hmm. so I think that's a big one. And I do think that women, we tried, we put all this pressure on ourselves to try to make it like to find the balance or like Jenny, like you said, finding that perfect state where everything's great. We're all, you know, like business is great. Home is great. Every, you know, and that just, it doesn't exist. And I don't know if just people don't talk about it enough, but I feel like that's just a surprise you get in adulthood where you're like, Oh, surprise. You're something's always going to be fucked up at some point. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I feel like the, the acceptance of that is so free. Like it doesn't make the things better, but the acceptance of Okay. This like for me, I recently did this. I'm always worked up about something. And I reflected the other day of like, why am I always worked up about something? And then I was like, oh my gosh, what if I'm okay that I'm just always worked up about something? Then that's not surprising to me. And it's just like, oh, okay, here's what I'm worked up about today instead of resisting being worked up about it. Oh yeah. I love that. There's just so much peace in the acceptance of just like, Mm -hmm. or like accepting on the busy weeks, like the laundry is just going to pile up, you know, Mm -hmm. like there's no other way around it unless you Mm -hmm. delegate it or you get help in that area. And so I think Mm -hmm. that's a huge piece of it. So then how do you both find, I mean, cause you're both makers and you pursue other projects and interests outside of your core businesses. So how do you find time for those creative pursuits? So I met with a um, time management coach, I guess would be her title, um, because that is something, because I have ADHD, staying on task is really hard for me. But if I can 
a lot certain times. It's almost like my brain's like, okay, I can do this for an hour or whatever. So, um, I remember sitting down with her and she asked me, okay, what are your main priorities? If you had to give me five priorities, what are your priorities? And, you know, everyone always answers the same thing. Family, Mm -hmm. um, my husband, um, friends work, and then myself, like, like something for myself. But then when you, she has you write down like what your whole week looked like the week before, like journal, every single thing you do. And really when it comes down to it, your time doesn't reflect those five priorities. Um, or they, it reflects it out of order. So, cause you have to put your priorities in order starting from number one to number two. And so she said, the way you should schedule time is you take your priorities and you schedule those first. If your husband is your top priority, then you're going to schedule out one time that week that you are on a date night or whatever. And then if your kids are second party or you flip those, whatever, then their games are going to be, um, in ink on your calendar in those two spots. And then if work is next, then you need to in ink, dedicate your time to work, whatever those time slots look like. And then, you know, you kind of fill in from there down your priority line. And if it means you're not going to see your best friend this week, well, that's a lower priority than the top three that you gave. And so that really helped me because I am a social person. I love seeing my friends. I have several groups of friends, but when it comes down to it, if I'm constantly meeting them one-on-one for lunches and all that, that really ultimately breaks into my work time. And if it breaks into my work time, then I'm working at a different time where it might cut into my family time or whatever. And if those priorities are out of whack, And so I remember meeting with her and that was a game changer for me, like inserting things based on priority. Yeah. I think that's super helpful. Yeah, that, that is good. Something that helped me was when I moved my work and my studio out of my house and in a different location. So I have a separate studio now. And so now when I come home, my home time is my home and that I, that's where I let myself you know, binge watch a show or hang out on the patio or even like redecorating my house. I didn't realize how much I let that go while I was working in my house because, because that's, that is the blessing and curse of loving what you do is that I, I wouldn't ever stop. Like I couldn't stop when it was here at my house. Um, so now that it's not here, I've realized how much it has freed up a lot of my creativity and like just life joys that don't have to do with work. So like, yeah, now I rearrange my room in my house that like for a couple of years I wasn't doing. And I really, I've always loved doing that. So that helps me to have a separate space for it. Yeah. I think that's a really good point is like in what I see when business owners, well, what I'm hearing you both say is you're, you've put in place a lot of boundaries because when you are prioritizing your time and you have certain chunks of time dedicated to certain things, that means you have to say no to other things, like no to the one-on-one friend lunches or no to like working in the home. And so I think that's a lesson that a lot of business owners have to learn like through the growth. It's like part of the growing pains is that you just, you have to be able to separate those chunks of time Um, and then to say no. And I know Jenny, something we worked on a lot when you were in this phase is like being okay with people's reactions to (laughs) you saying no and to you holding your boundaries because they're, they're not always supportive, right? They don't always um, appreciate or even understand, but it's, what I've come to learn is like, okay, am I going to like break my own boundary to please this person, which then back to Christina's point, like pushes all these other, it's like a domino effect um, Mm -hmm. in the calendar. So at what cost, like, is it worth it for this whole domino effect in my schedule or in my other relationships? So how did you guys navigate that? Well, speaking of not being worth it, would you like to hear my latest meltdown? Yes. (laughs) Okay. So, um, and I share this because yeah, when you look at somebody, you're like, Oh, surely like they have five businesses they're doing, you know, like, blah, blah, blah. You can make whatever assumption you would like. Well, I called Jenny whenever tax day was, was that last week? Yeah. A couple, yeah. A couple of weeks ago. Whenever that was, you know, you end up 
really looking at all of your expenses, you kind of pull in all everything and you can kind of see the final number. And let me tell you, I I legit cried out of anger, like not even sadness out of anger, because I was like, for the amount that I made after all was said and done, granted, I took a massive course last year, which, you know, eats into your, your technical profit. But at the end of the year, the amount that I made, I called Jenny. I was like, I'm done. I'm going to sell all of my sewing machines. I'm I'm selling everything. (laughs) I'm selling everything. I'm going to sell all the fabric that I have in here. I'm going to sell all my t-shirt supply. Like I'm done. I'm done. Um, And of course this is after rent, everything, everything. Because I was like, when you look at that number, it's sure I made something, which, you know, that it's that fine line of like, that's amazing. You work from home, but it's like, but for the amount of time that I spend on all of that stuff, is it worth it? Mm-hmm. Is the piles of laundry for three weeks worth it? Is the, you know, three hours away from my kids in the summer a day, is it worth it? Like all of that, you kind of sit down and think like at the time it feels like it's going, well, this is worth it. And then at the end of the year, I, I was like, screw the small business, small business dream or American dream. Like that's mm-hmm. not, there's a self-employment tax. Like all <laughs> Yeah, I was very angry. Um, and still it, 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 that's, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about pricing and whatever, but like, that's the stuff you look at of like, is it worth it? And my husband, this kind of pulls us full circle here because he was like, right, sure. It's not as much as you would have liked this past year, but if you took away your sewing machines and took away stuff you love, like he's like, how much of that is worth like who you are? Like, are you a better human because of the times you get to sew? Are you a better human because of the interactions you have with wildflower or whatever? And he's right. There is lots of value in in that. I think my brain would be not even close to being healed without some of the things that I do, but Um, that was like a moment where I was like, this isn't worth it. I'm selling everything. So that, I mean, I think it's a perfect segue to the pricing conversation because we, both of us, each of us in our own client meetings have talked about pricing and the importance of pricing. And I do, um, especially I think in the makerspace, when you're pricing products that you make, I think that's can be really challenging because there's so much mind drama around it like and then there's the comparison aspect and then there's the local market and so it's just like it kind of all piles on so Christina in that moment like what came up for you about the pricing side of things yeah I mean you are like okay reevaluating am I pricing enough for xyz um how can I fix this so that I'm still making but making a profit I think we said on our pricing episode And I can't remember exactly how we worded it, but if somebody says no to your product, fine. But if someone says yes to your product, you want to make sure you're making it and you're actually getting paid for making it. Um, You're, you know, instead of saying yes to something that's way too inexpensive where you're making it for free. So I definitely knew I needed to reevaluate that. I also, I think for me too, it's a mind game. Um, last year was a really slow year for me, just in general across the board, um, slower than years past. And so it's figuring out marketing coach, (laughs) um, it's figuring out like, well, what are some other methods? What, what could this be? It could be a national thing. It could be, you know, people aren't wanting t-shirts right now, or it could be, people are saving their money, whatever, or it could be a me thing. And so I did a lot of that week, just like, like, I guess what can happen in 2022 that wasn't there in 2021. I do think that because I was taking a course last year, how we're talking about, there's a lot going on. Sometimes when you pour into something, something else Mm -hmm. gets on the back burner. So I think there was just a, it was just a spiral of things last year, I think, but it was in that moment that I was like, was all of that worth it? Yeah. 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 And I think that's like a really normal, uh, I think we all as small business owners have those moments of like, oh my gosh, what's happening? Like up and down, like all my meetings with Miranda would vary from like, oh my God, I love everything to like, I want to quit everything. And so what really helped me was tracking all those numbers every month. So then I had years of numbers to compare. So when things were low, 
that month I might feel like, oh, this is so low. But then going back to see like, oh, no, April is like usually low and that's okay. And then like 2021, I think has been hard across the board on especially retail. And so it's been helpful to go back to the drawing board of like, okay, I have all these materials. So in my case, I have all these fragrance oils. What could I do to increase profit without investing in more stuff? And so for me, that was like, okay, I'm going to do workshops because that's using what I already have. People can create their So I think it's just, it's so helpful to have the numbers just so you can evaluate like, okay, is this like people don't want my product or this is just a thing sales are low and I can do something new to boost revenue. Well, can I be really honest with you guys? Mm -hmm. When you asked me like what went through my head or did I go to pricing? What went through my head was I have recently, within the last year, um, shared personal things about myself and about my beliefs and things like that. So I automatically went to people are canceled culturally, culturing me. Mm, that's really interesting. And I do think yeah. that's fear that comes up for a lot of people, especially the more vulnerable you get, the more, mm-hmm. the more you're afraid that they're canceling you. But I mean, mm-hmm. do you really believe that? Or do you, I mean, cause I don't, no. but No, but it is like, that's something I've had to address. I know Jenny and I have talked about it on the podcast too, of like, I have to address like, well, if they do what then? Right. Are they your people? Yeah. Right. Yes. Right. And that's what I believe because, oh, go on. No, that's all I was going to say was like, you know, in 2021, I shared a lot about mental health. I shared about, um, wanting to be supportive of different people and, um, by different people, I mean like different branches of humanity, not like political figures or anything like that. But you do, I like automatically because so much of your business when you're a small business, so many, so much of your business starts off with people you know. Mm-hmm. So those people know Christina Hobbs. And and so it just that does concern me. Also, Etsy has been just a cluster the last year and a half and I'm, I've moved off of Etsy, but then that panics me because that was a, like, it's all of that is just like, ah, it is scary to make the moves and the changes. And I think that that also like that happens at every level. Like there's never a time in business when you, when you're growing and you're changing that it's not scary. Like there, it just continues to be. And sometimes it's like, you don't ever reach this pinnacle where you're like, everything's gravy now. Like, <laughs> great mm-hmm. you know and and if you do it's short-lived like there we did have meetings Jenny where like, <laughs> this is awesome but then you know come the next month there was something else or you want to achieve a different goal and I think that that accepting that again back to that word acceptance of just like everything ebbs and flows and there are ups and downs and mm-hmm. it's off like one of the questions I get most in one-on-one client meetings um is like are other people experiencing this? You know, like, you know, because everyone just wants to know that they're not alone. And, and always that answer is yes. Like, yeah, that's actually why small business sisters was born was because of that is we wanted to bring light to like, you're not alone and sharing our struggles as they come up. And I think that's, I can't speak for Christina, but that's my favorite part of doing the podcast is like when we get that feedback from people through messages or whatever, like, Oh, I feel like that. And it's so good to hear somebody else feel like that. So yeah, I think that that helping other small business owners know they're not alone. And they're I both Christina is saying she had a hard year, but she was still, I know her numbers, she was still really successful. And I think it's important for people to see like you can still be really successful and still struggle and doubt yourself and like not really feel like you know what you're doing, but you're just taking each next right step. Mm-hmm. And so much of it, I think too, is like not making your numbers mean anything about you personally, like not undermining or devaluing yourself as an individual because you had a tough year when mm-hmm. we all know that like it was hard for retail in 2021. And I know that through working with the clients that I work with, and then you guys know through your businesses. And so, but it can be hard to not like flip that around on yourself and be like, all right, well, maybe this means I need to throw in the towel and pursue something else, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that is again, just something that 
everyone has to work on in different ways. Like we all, and it all, it comes up for everyone, you know, and then there's the whole, so we can talk about pricing too, because I think the importance of tracking your numbers and what Jenny has found through the years that she has is you realize like how much you're actually getting paid for doing something like making one candle or a batch of candles or the shirts. And I think if you're trying to run a business and the point is to make a profit so that you can support your families so that you can make a livable wage as a small business owner, then you need to understand the numbers and you need to understand how the pricing impacts the numbers. And then it's like, okay, and how do I feel about the pricing? And now that's impacting mm-hmm. my income as well. And often like Jenny, how many times did we raise your price? And there was like, there were some big conversations around it. Oh and- yeah. Yeah. A lot of times. I think I, I raised my price a lot. Yeah. And- I started out like way low. I feel like, you want to and so like- I had to keep like, right. Yeah. What did you start out at, Jen? What did I start out at? Oh, my first candle. Wasn't it $12? Yeah, it was like $10 or $12. Because and even that I was so stressed about. But pricing, I mean, for me, and I know we've all talked about this. I think we can think about pricing as just like what we pay for it. And well, someone else could make this. So I have to charge what? I paid to make it, but there's so much more that goes into you making it. Like the tools you invest in, the skills and learning you invest in, like Sally off the street can't just go make one of my candles without doing all that stuff too. And if she wants to great, but like your price is because most people don't want to. So they're going to pay for that candle. And that's all that's going into it. It's not just the materials that you use to make it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that too, Christina? I mean, cause I know we talk oh, yeah. about pricing. I think the biggest thing that when Jen and I talked about pricing that I didn't account for, cause you think of like five cents, not being a big deal, but over time that adds up so much. And so her saying to add in, like, I wasn't you know, I've paid for my mailers and my postcards for marketing purposes and ads and all of these things out of pocket that you forget, like that's actually part of your business that you, I think the way Jen put it was like, you have to recoup that cost. Mm -hmm. Um, and I never add it, you know, you think of like, I can say like this much fabric, this much thread, you know, and this much, other fabric and multiply that by whatever figures I want and get a price, but you forget about all of that extra stuff that adds up. And so adding, you know, a few cents or like 50 cents to each of your products before you multiply it out, like that is a game changer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then how does that change the way you show up to make the product? Because if you feel like, okay, this is better worth my time now, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're not showing up working for just a, a couple bucks, like this isn't more of an investment. I mean, you show up differently, right? When you sit down to create those things. Oh yeah. And like, I just created all these beach bags that I was so worried to list at what I did. And I'm so glad I did because even making them this year, I was like, next year, they're going to be higher. It's, <laughs> taking me. it's just, a, it is, it's a lot of work. Cause it, like Miranda, you had Carrie and I for just that jeans start writing down the hours we were actually spending. Cause you don't calculate that. You're just like, Oh, that's part of my work day. But when you calculate what your hours you're working, you're like, that was a long time. And so that's what I've been doing with the beach bags. I'm like, it takes me a long time. Um, but alongside with that, I'm like, they paid a pretty penny for this bag. I better make sure it's picture perfect. You know, like I, I want to put that care into everything that I do, but I'm with those like high value items. You're like this, I, I need to make sure there's no seam ripping and like all of that, double checking everything to make sure it's the quality that you've, you know, you've also charged on that. Yes. Yeah. And for me, where getting my pricing right, where it showed up for me, and I love doing wholesale. So let me just preface that. But 
when I wasn't priced right, I noticed a lot of resentment in me when I would do wholesale orders. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, they're getting this. <laughs> but then when I had my pricing correct, right. I'm making a profit on this wholesale. I just noticed all that resentment has gone and I'm excited. It, I look at my wholesale clients as like partners with me that are selling my brand. And I'm like excited for them to have it instead of feel like, like scarcity mentality of like, oh, I'm giving this away for yes. lower cost. So like pre- that's where pricing has totally changed things for me is I'm showing up to my make my products with like confidence and no, even when I get overloaded, like if all the orders come in at once, I don't get like crazy scared that I can't do it all. I get like, no, I have built in my pricing. It is going to be yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. And it just, make it, yeah, all that resentment is gone because I know I'm getting paid for what I'm doing. I think that's the other thing that I took away from that episode is a lot of my business is custom. Um, that's kind of what sets me apart. Um, someone in local in my town, I'm the one store you can come in and actually design your own thing. But with that comes a lot of times, if they want a certain color or size, I have to order that out from my wholesaler. And every time you order shirts, there's a shipping charge, which is why I normally bulk buy. So for those one-offs, I was basically, I was screwing myself over because for those one-offs, I'm like, okay, it's $9.99 shipping. I'll just grab 10 shirts for the shop or whatever along with it so that I get whatever. And those add up the $10 shipping for one shirt, when it comes down to it, what I probably make $4 off the shirt. And so something that Jen and I established that episode was like almost like a wholesale boundary of, Hey, I can make this for you and have it to you ASAP, but there's a $10 additional charge to just cover that shipping price. Cause I'm already getting paid from the price I built in with the shirt. But to just like cover it again, like whatever you are spending, you want to at least recoup that cost. And so even having that up front and then saying, or if you'd like to wait the two weeks, because I do bulk buy every, you know, every couple of weeks, uh, then you don't have to pay that $10. And that way it's putting it in their court and they can make that decision. And again, they can come back and say, actually, neither. And that's fine. But at least I'm not working at a deficit. Hey, I'm interrupting real quick to share something exciting with you. If you've been wanting to work with me, now's your chance. To celebrate the relaunch of the podcast, for a limited time only, I'm giving you 50% off my Marketing Unlocked offer. In this two-hour, one-on-one marketing intensive, we'll strategize, organize, and prioritize all the things you have swirling around in your business brain. If you're looking to jumpstart your marketing, pivot your offers, or level up your income, then this offer is for you. Use the link in the show notes or visit marketinguninhibited.com and use code PODCAST50 for 50% off the Marketing Unlocked offer for a limited time only. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And how much of the time do they just agree? Like, I feel like we we have these conversations and we prepare for battle. Like, oh my yes. God, right? You know, I'm like arming Jenny with her shield. Yeah, it's going to be fine. There's so many times I texted you. <laughs> like, Miranda. And then it's like immediately the next day, like no one noticed. Oh, they were like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> they don't care. Um, and because I think, and this goes back to the mind drama where we're creating these scenarios in our mind where it's like, because it is scary. It is scary to raise the price on things. But when you start doing the math and we spent the first part of this episode talking about schedules and keeping all the balls in the air. It's like at some point when a client is sitting in front of me and they're like, I need more money. I need to increase my income. And I already know that their schedule is at capacity. There's one option left. Well, there's two, you can quit and you can go get a job or you can raise your prices and we can streamline your processes and get you to a place where you're making more money And that. Mm-hmm. And then the other part of it is like the perceived value. Like everyone attaches a, a different perceived value to different pricing. But when you attend, when you see pricing for an event and it's like too low, it makes me question like, what's going on here? You know, mm-hmm. like why? I, I thought this would have been a higher ticket item. And I've had to call co- clients out on that too. Like, Hey, wh- what is this price? Like how long, you know, the event itself is long enough for you to charge double, let alone all the preparation and the follow-up. And so I think we, 
we just sell ourselves on these stories that are not helpful in business. And that's where I've gotten, you know, like, is this, is this thought helping me grow my business? Is this thought helping me achieve my goals? Is this price, you know, helping me? And most of the time your clients are supportive. Like the community is supportive. Have you guys found that to be true? And like when you've raised your, or like with your beach bags, Christina, because did you do a pre-sale for them? I did. So this year, so I usually have them throughout the spring and summer, but just have them on my site and make them one off. But I was telling Jenny, that's just not financially, again, looking at numbers, like it's better to buy in bulk. Mm -hmm. So knowing that a lot of people buy beach bags around now um, to prep for summer, I was like, if I do basically a pre-seal is what it was. It was, you know, you buy now I'll ship it in three weeks or I'll make it and ship it in three weeks. I could get the fabric a lot cheaper, which then, you know, gives me a higher profit for my time. And so, um, but it's a, it's a, it's a higher priced beach bag. Um, but I was telling Jenny, I think I listed 20 slots. So it was 20 pre-sale slots. And I want to say I sold 18, so I have two <laughs> left, but I, and it was like overnight. Like I woke up and had sold 18 of the slots. And so obviously and nobody people- to her was like, oh my God, that's so expensive. Right. Yeah. But I knew this time, like if, you know, I might wake up and zero people have bought the beach bag, but guess what? I'm not going to be working for free. Right. Mm-hmm. Versus even if I sold three beach bags. Okay. Well, for the time I'm putting in, I'm going to be making a profit. Um, but yeah, they, I think to the marketing aspect of like showing, well, why is it worth that much? Um, I think it was like, oh, I haven't had a beach bag like that. I don't have a beach bag that has oil cloth that can be wiped off. And I don't have one that fits all of the things instead of carrying eight bags. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it was exciting and I'm glad that I charged what I did. But like I said, while I was making them, I was like, oh, okay. I'm spending more time on them than I thought it might need to jump a little bit. And people, they loved it. They went for it. And I think you touched on something really good there for the marketing aspect, which both of you do really well, which is demonstrate like the, the value of your products, which for makers and for product sellers, I feel like can be a hard thing to do is to demonstrate the emotional component of a candle, right? Like what are... Mm -hmm talked about that so many times and it's you both do such a good job of like bringing those emotions to the forefront and tapping into that part with your audience and so do either one of you want to touch on that a little bit like how well Jenny we talked through your brand pillars a lot and I know those guided your marketing messaging Um, but just like how how you do that how you market your products and not just in a one-dimensional way like in a very like holistic type of way. Yeah. Well, I've actually learned a lot from Christina on this, on her, that's what she teaches in her social media that we didn't even talk about business of like, really social media should be about connecting with your human customer as you, the human business owner. So like, that's, what's helped me is to always make sure I'm bringing my humanness into it, whether that's physically, like I am in the pictures or people close to me are in the pictures, or, you know, I'm sharing human stories, but also why candles fit into that. Like my practices that like, I love ambiance or, um, here's what I offer at my store that is going to give you these human emotions and make sense for your life. So that's how I always try. I try to bring in my I mean, I have good boundaries around. I don't, I I don't share like really personal stuff about myself or my family, but things that will help other people feel um, loved and not alone. My brand pillars are authentic, holistic and illuminated. So I just always tried to bring that like joy and light and um, holistic thinking to everything I present about my business. And so, and those are the customers that I have attracted and that stay with me and value that. It's funny that you bring this up because this is totally a Miranda in my head thing, but, um, the last several, like when I had my, my melting point of like something needs to change because, um, which side note, when Tyler and I were talking about, he's like, sure, you could go get a job. That's going to pay you what you ended up making from your four or five businesses. But it's going to, it'll be full-time and it'll take away from 
mm-hmm. your kids versus like this, I am able to be so flexible with, which is, you know, an added bonus. So, and I did want to add in that, that what Jenny was like, you're going to have clarity and you're going to know what it is. Just give it a couple of days. Well, that's what, yeah. I said, like, let yourself be sad and mad today. Cause I, mm-hmm. I noticed when I rush myself out of that, then it doesn't do what it needs to do in me. So like, I'll take a day to be really resentful and sad about my business. <laughs> and then the next, it never fails. The next day I have just fresh eyes and new perspective. And I'm like, mm. oh, I don't feel that way. Yeah. Well, and it was also an awful time of the month for me. So it was just <laughs> like a, you know, a, a combination of everything, which my husband knows I'm very dramatic. So I say that and he's like, uh-huh. Okay. Like five minutes <laughs> later, I'm going to be fine. But I say that because one of the things I was like, okay, there needs to be a reset here is I was thinking back. The reason why I started making pocket teas is because I had very, very young children. Um, And I could not, I, I did not stay up to date with trends. I, um, was just going to get spit up on like all these things. So I wanted something like comfortable and cozy, but also again, like me do appear like a semi put together, right? Like there's that hot mess version of a mom. And that was me with babies of littles. And as I've aged, I've kind of made my target market me, but I was thinking about it. And I was like, I'm at a point where I can like financially, um, I'm not paying for preschool anymore. I'm not like for all of those things that I can spend a little bit extra on my wardrobe. I have time to go shopping by myself. Like all of this stuff that, you know, 29 year old version of me, 30 year old version of me, however old you are when you have tiny babies couldn't. And so I'm like, I don't think it was supposed to grow with me. I think that people who come into my shop are all ages, everything get grab shirts, but the people I need to target are younger than me or in a, I shouldn't say younger because some people my age are just now having babies, but in a different stage of life than I am. And uh, cause like, that's why I started making the, the waterproof pouches, the wet bags, because it was easy to throw a pair of potty training clothes in there that stunk and were wet, you know? And so as I've aged, I've tried to age it with me, something like a candle that's for everybody, but it's like, no, I think I need to change who I'm marketing to, which is difficult because you want to be like in your, you know, like I wear pocketees, why wouldn't I, but it's not. I was just thinking about like when every, you know, I, anyways, that, so, and I was like, Miranda's in my head right now because (laughs) it's like processing through, like, maybe that's where I switch. Maybe it isn't pricing. Maybe, I mean, obviously I've changed pricing in the last couple of weeks, but um, maybe it's a change of target market. Yeah. I think the, the point is like, you've identified that there's a disconnect. And so where is the disconnect coming from? And I think evaluating the pricing is a good place to start, but then also looking at the connection to your audience and really understanding like you created a product to serve a need for a specific time of your life, which you have now outgrown as a mm-hmm. mom and your audience can still be in that phase of life. And I think that's a really important, it's important, but it's also, it's important because it's so personal to your Mm -hmm. target audience. It's such a niche market, like that phase of life. Like my friends are, I mean, we're all about the same age, but my friends are starting to have kids now of their own and they're, what did I do? I bought them your pocket tees. Like that, (laughs) you know, because they're in that phase of life where it's just, it's hard to put yourself together, but they still want to be cute or maybe they are, you know, they just want to feel good in their clothes too. Like after you just had a baby, things fit differently and you're like mm-hmm. learning your body at that point too, right? Things have changed. And so mm-hmm. I think being able to identify that, that's what we're talking about in terms of personal marketing and like really getting to know your audience and understanding their pain points. And you do mm-hmm. because lived it. And that is why you created the product. And that's where like you, we all see it. We see marketing that falls flat. Like anytime someone follows me and even, especially when it's like woman owned business. And then I check out their page and I'm like, where's the woman (laughs) woman is, you know? And it's, and that's where, or people come to me and they say like, I just don't understand like why, things aren't converting. I'm showing up every day or I'm posting every day. And and I take one look and I can tell them immediately it's because you're lacking connection to your audience. It's not personal enough. And that doesn't always mean you, 
you have to be the face like the entire time. I mean, we all are of our businesses, but there has to be a human element there. There has Mm -hmm. to be a component of someone who can say like, oh, I resonate with that or that connects with me or, and like Christina, you shared a post the other day talking about, which I think Instagram censored. Yes. About body image, image, which side note are, I don't, when is this podcast coming out? Probably in two weeks. Okay. So we've already had our podcast come out where we had on a girl that, um, a girl. Another women-owned <laughs> business owner um, who runs retreats in the Austin area um, for everybody, but specifically has an eating disorder mm-hmm. retreat. And so she and I were able to chat about our eating disorder issues. And um, so if you're listening now, you'll you'll want to go listen to that for sure. But yes, I posted about uh, about me fitting in clothes. Yes. And I think in the point is that it was such a, I mean, a vulnerable post from you like to open up about that and to share that, but then such a, I mean, I was reading the comments, you know, because I feel like it was such a connection point for so many women who are like, yeah, I mean, in COVID for the past few years to be like, we were just quarantined for five days. And I think all we did was like bake and cook and eat, (laughs) you know, and I, Mm -hmm. so And we've all been through that for the past two years. And again, like going back to the acceptance piece and just like meeting ourselves where we are and accepting ourselves where we are and not putting that pressure on to like, I I had this thought the other day, like, why do I keep pressuring myself to look away? I looked seven years. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You're going to like our our podcast episode too, Miranda. Yeah. For sure. Because that's just, I'm like, why have, why am I holding on to this? I I was single. I lived alone. I was on a hiatus. So I had no job, no kids, no significant other. I was like drunk, tan and (laughs) all the time. I mean, it was a great time. Yes, girl. (laughs) You weren't doing taxes. My God. That is (laughs) It was amazing. Pain of my existence. Yes. And I'm like, that will never, that's just never going to be my reality again. And it's so unrealistic to think that I will be able to ever like spend an hour and a half at a gym, Mm -hmm. like five Mm -hmm. days a week right now. No, that is, I I mean, I can barely get to the basement for 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think like not, that's not everybody's, um, goal is to post vulnerable pieces like that. But for me, my target, one of my brand pillars is confidence. Mm -hmm. And so that to me thinks, you know, like how can I instill confidence in, in women behind the screen? And so that fell in line with that. And I, and that is something I talk about regularly on my, my business page, but Thanks for saying it meant something. It was, was, I can't believe Instagram censored it. And I think it is because I did a hashtag with, with the eating disorder. And so I, I saw another person who hashtags that and they always do sensitive content for her, but, um, the, the video itself was not sensitive content. No, it was was so, (laughs) so, I mean, just to wrap it up here, because I think we've had a really good conversation about like marketing and showing up as yourself and just accepting yourself where you are. Like, how do you both feel? I mean, cause we both have worked as client relationships. Um, how has, how do you think your businesses have changed or you changed your perspective on marketing through working with a marketing coach and investing the time and money into that. Oh gosh. Like everything. So I, we were both baby businesses. <laughs> I started with you, Miranda. Sure. Um, and that I don't, I think I just didn't know what I didn't know. Like I didn't even know. I thought marketing was social media and you were like, no <laughs> marketing is so much more. And so, yeah, like you've taught me how to, track things to record numbers, record like everything about something. So, cause you think you'll remember things and you won't remember things and to have physical proof to go look back and evaluate decisions you've made to help you make the next decisions, uh, was so helpful for me. Like the accountability of having someone else that loved illuminate space, like, like I did and that I could trust with it, that was cheering me on, but also like challenging me and giving me steps, practical steps to do each month to grow it. Just having that like sounding board 
where it was almost like therapy for my business that I could say like, here's all the things I'm worked up about and you being able to help sort through like, okay, well, here's what we're going to work on. And me being like, yes. And then doing that and tracking that each month, I think just the regular accountability and, um, the regular, like making me work in my business on those things that maybe sometimes aren't so fun, like the numbers and stuff, but regularly getting in the habit of doing it and seeing how that paid off for me then to have all that data, um, for each decision. For me so much. So we'll, I've met with you with both of my business partners as well. And if you are in a partnership, I like cannot, uh, recommend this enough to meet with Miranda because I told Miranda this afterwards, cause I am in counseling. Same. It felt like she was a counselor for our business. Like she was that middle ground that could, you know, take all of these opinions and things whirling around and be able to be a neutral party that can, you know, bring, but have the expertise behind it as well of like neutral ground with the expertise of like, here are some practical steps you guys can do to solve these problems to, you know, market your business. So that's been really helpful. And then for me personally, I listen to Miranda's podcast religiously. It's just on my, my podcast playlist and get to listen to it. And so implementing a lot of things that you've thrown out there. I mean, you're a wealth of information and you give so much away for for free on your podcast. Really? Um, I mean, it's helped me so much and it just feels like I'm talking before I even knew you, right? Like I connected to you through your podcast before I'd ever quote unquote met you. Um, we've still never met in person. (laughs) Um, but I just felt like I was talking to like a girlfriend and, um, and could chat through things. And I love the occasional fuck that you throw out because that's (laughs) me too. Me too. So happy. Um, but I will say like I, Miranda and I have been trying to work personally together for a long time, but I, was investing in something different last year, but that is a main goal of mine is because that, that is, um, I'll be real with you. And I bet a lot of people on the other side of the screen too. I'm a little nervous for you to see my numbers because of judgment of like, hang on, you've spent how much here and like, what? So do you want to like give people, um, words about that? (laughs) (laughs) Give us some words. Well, you're not going to judge us. No, no, it is. Well, first of all, thank you both. Those were like <laughs> way beyond. I don't know what I expected <laughs> you to say, but that was so nice to hear. So thank <laughs> you. Um, and I just want to say to you, both of your credit to give you both credit, like you both showed up for the work. I mean, so because I can only take you so far in the one hour meeting every month, you know, then you, you have to implement that work on your own. And so that's where the people that succeed with marketing coaching are the ones who, take the action plan and actually stick to it and commit to it. And both of you did that, I feel like religiously, and then you, you saw the results of that. So that's a testament to you both. Um, and marketing coaching, it is a safe space. It's no judgment because I have seen so much, you know, and I see everyone's numbers because that is something that I really encourage people to do because it's not fun in the beginning. It's interesting, Jenny, because people are usually resistant to it in the beginning, but then it becomes fun when you can. It go does. Back yeah, it. being yeah. able to look back is like. Well, Ooh. and Jenny and I were Jenny and I were just talking about this previously, and not to compare this to a mental illness at all. I have one, so I'm not dumbing that down. But um, when you we were talking about bringing that when something's in the dark, bringing it to light and being able to use practical things from it and be able to shed light on it. It almost feels like that of like, you know, some numbers can be really embarrassing. Like 2021 was a very low year for me. And so, but if it's not brought to light, you can't do anything with that. You can't make it better. Like, it's just, I can keep it here where just, I know, and then have no expertise behind it to, to pour into like you do. So that is something I'm looking forward to is yes. I want to be And I just want to say too, like there's, I mean, when I first started, I used to charge $75. And so like, if you do the math, how much, how many meetings I needed to do to like make a livable monthly income. It's, I mean, it's a joke. It's ridiculous, (laughs) (laughs) but I had to start there. And that's so like, I've been at this point, it's four and a half years in my business and I go through all these same things. And so it's like, when I have to show my numbers to my business coach or like, I admitted um, to someone the other day, 
like my 2021 income too. And I was just like, Oh, I don't know if I want to share this with you because, and the woman, um, she, she talked about it on her podcast, but she almost hit a million dollars in her business last year. And I was like, Oh, I don't really want to uh, <laughs> numbers right now, you know, but it is just something we all have to go through and you do have to bring it up. And so I think that is helpful for people to know is that like, I'm also, I'm still growing as a business and as a business owner, and I'm also investing in business coaching and growth. And like, um, recently I hired a podcast producer to get that off my plate. That was like the the first thing I wanted to outsource in my business. So like I can sit and record and then all I have to do is upload the audio and I'm done. And it's amazing. So yeah, love it. <laughs> yeah. That's, it's really fun. Um, so thank you both for saying those wonderful things. And for this conversation today, I think it was really, really helpful. So do you each want to share how people can stay in touch with you? Sure. sure. So you can find um, beautiful chaos on Instagram at beautiful chaos shop. S-H-O-P-P-E. Um, and from there, you'll be able to find um, my other businesses, but you can also follow Small Business Sisters on Instagram is at underscore Small Business Sisters. Yes. And Illuminate Space is at Illuminate Space, both on Instagram and Facebook. Um, and if you just want to go to my site and find all that information, it's illuminate-space.com. Yes. Thank you both. I really appreciate it. Hey friends, thanks so much for listening to another episode. If you loved what you heard today, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and leave a review so more business owners like you can find us and learn how marketing your business can be simple, doable, and fun. Talk to you next week.